Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. All right. We are good to go. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me another episode of The Drive, Las Vegas edition. Today, I have a very special guest with me. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous <laughs> Mr. Greg Ash in the house. Greg, what's up, brother? How what's going doing? on, man? Thanks for having me this morning. <laughs> Thanks for coming to GM with me. It's a beautiful day, so we're going to have a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, I'm glad you actually picked a perfect day for this. <laughs> yes. Hey, Greg, uh, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and uh, maybe don't know who you are and kind of how you guys started the business, I always love starting off these podcasts with a little origin story because I'm always super curious. So what is the origin story of how Greg got started in the automotive business? Well, actually, I started in the data business, uh, fell into uh, automotive data, mainly just because there was a, a lack of quality data after the introduction of the DPPA in 98 and the Shelby Amendment. Um, mostly the only uh, automotive data that was out there was garage predictor data. Wanted to come up with a DPPA compliant way to compile automotive data and make it available. Uh, figured it was much more accurate to actually know true vehicle ownership. Uh, rather than just doing socioeconomic and prediction uh, based off of status. Mm -hmm. So found a DPPA compliant way to compile a, a ton of data in automotive and <laughs> never looked back. Well, I, I, I'm excited and happy that you chose automotive as a vertical because <laughs> you could have chosen a lot of verticals, right? And, you know, talk about a vertical that um, really does need some assistance in understanding the data that's available to us and also the data that we're just simply sitting on. You know, I mean, yep. we use that statement all the time that dealerships are just sitting on a gold mine of data and they just really don't know how, how to mine it, how to use it, but then also how to combine that with all the available data points Absolutely. that are currently out there. So, well, let's kick it a little one-on-one style out there. All right. um, you know, first party data. I bet you we probably heard that term in this conference <laughs> 1,600 times. But I still believe counting. there's a, in counting, <laughs> yes. But I still believe that there's a lot of dealerships out there that don't necessarily understand the difference between first and third party and, and so on, right? right? So if you want to, let's describe for the audience kind of the difference between different data. Well, first party in automotive is gonna be your DMS or your CRM data, your your form fill lead data. Mm -hmm. uh, your third party data is gonna be any data collected or purchased um, outside of what your dealer internally collects. Um, so any, you know, uh, data enhancements you do are going to be third party. Um, any data lists that you go out and buy are third party. Um, now, technically, depending on you know where you're acquiring uh, those data assets, that data could also be first party, but technically it's third party to the dealer. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where a lot of confusion comes into play. Um, you can acquire third party data that's first party and use it for marketing purposes. Um, it's when you get into third-party data where you don't have first-party rights that there's some confusion. Yes, um, a lot of confusion around that. So it, it's just, it's really important uh, when a dealer's going out and acquiring a third-party source of data or enhancements that they understand how that data is aggregated, what the origins are of it, what are they, you know, what are the use cases in which they're allowed to use it mm -hmm. um, is probably the most important uh, more than anything. 
Well, and, and I think once we do understand what data is available to us, then of course the next big question is, well, that's great, Greg. <laughs> what the hell do I do with it? <laughs> well, uh, you know, data, data science is probably, you know, the, the key thing. Um, when you look at a lot of your larger automotive groups, you know, they, they definitely have marketing in-house. They have data science in-house. You know, for your smaller groups or your independents, it's it's obviously a lot more difficult. Um, it's expensive, um, but there's you know a, a ton of data and analytic companies. Shameless plug here. Um, you know that can that can assist you with that. They can look at your DMS. They can understand you know who your target audience is. Where you know where in your PMA you have you know the most penetration from a heat map. Um, and then the customers that are outside of you know on the edges of that heat map. Um, where you're starting to cool off, you know, who in those areas look like, uh, you know, your current customer base. Yes. You know, who's in market, who's showing shopping behavior, online intent, um, offline intent, yeah. uh, visiting competing dealers. Um, there's, I mean, it's just really as far as you want to go. Um, yeah, you can literally go down that rabbit hole I, as deep as you want. What I think is, I think a lot of your smaller dealers think it's astronomically expensive to yeah. go to a, you know, to a data science or a data analytics shop to understand it. Um, and they just don't explore it because there's this automatic assumption that it's just going to cost a ton of money. Um, and, you know, the other thing is, let's face it, there's uh, there's some dirty folks in the data business that well, and, okay, just want to take your go, money. Let's go on that because I agree with you, right? I mean, I work with a lot of clients, I have consulted with a lot of dealerships, and I hate to say it, but you know, I, I've seen some just real bullshit yep. sold out there. Um, and it's just, how can dealerships kind of kind of sift through, or, or at least know that this vendor that may be pitching them is not one of those companies? Um, I'm... There ain't tall tell signs? <laughs> Uh, you know, the, I would say the biggest tall tale signs is obviously they've been in the game for a while. Mm -hmm. um, they, they have a good reputation. Um, I, I would never, what I see a lot of smaller shops do is they always ask for referrals. Um, and to that I say, have you ever given a bad reference? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> references are always going to be friends and stuff like that and you know I, I would just look at the industry um, I would look at the again look at the tenure um, and and just look at the reputation um, look at who some of the larger groups um, are using um, you know there's obviously your big name brands are mm -hmm. are always your safe bet the downfall with your big name brands when dealing with them when you're a smaller shop is they don't move too quick for you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's there's a ton of small shops. No, you, you do. You want to kind of find that. I mean, it's even like us on the on the marketing side. We're kind of that that boutique. Where yep. You know, we're not too big, but we're also not too small. You know, but we can really take the time to kind of carve out that strategy. And you know, I I, I love it when I have a client that's working with a company like yours, and I can get access to data. And it's like I I can create messages that are so unique and so yep. specific to it. See, I, I think that's what it is. I think dealerships, okay, that's cool. I can go talk to a company, I can purchase that, but then but then how do I translate that out into a marketing campaign? 
Yeah, so I'm, if you were to hire a data analytics or a data science company, they're gonna provide all that information to you. They're gonna break your data down into buckets. And the, the data that they have access to is, is probably a, uh, a big key indicator. Um, you're gonna want somebody who has a heavy focus in automotive, yeah. um, you know, whether it be from online intent, behavioral, um, you know, ex extensive historical data as well. Um, you know, that's a pretty big key indicator. Yes. Um, a lot of people are very cyclical in their vehicle purchases. So anybody who, ha who has a, a good amount of uh, historical data that know that can you know say, hey, this person is you know every three years they're known to lease another vehicle. You know they're you know they're also known to defect or they're brand loyal. Um, you know that's you know the biggest thing. Um, and then anyone the who can tell you marketing those guys and then yeah. making unique messages for them. Well, your, your message to your brand loyal customer is not going to be the same as your known defector. But it shouldn't. It shouldn't be. But as an industry, we, we don't typically do that. We we do this spray and pray method. right? Well, it's it's the one size fits all. Yes. Um, you know, creative and content is expensive. It's hard to stay on top of in the rotation of it. Um, but um, you can. You can hit 5,000 people one time, or you can hit 1,000 people five times. You know, cadence exactly. is huge too. Huge. Um, you're gonna, you, you spend the same dollar, but you know, if, if you're just saying, oh, I wanna saturate it, you know, this zip code, cause my heat map says, you know, I do well in this zip code. Well, if you're a Honda store, you know, there's Toyota brand loyal people, there's Hyundai brand loyal people, there's Nissan brand loyal people that are never gonna buy from you, ever. And it has nothing to do with, because they don't like you or they, they don't like Honda, it's just, they're brand loyal to their brand. Why are you, why are you gonna waste the money? Exactly. You're sending them a direct mail piece, you're paying, you know, you're probably in it $1.70 with, you know, stock, postage, creative, and all yep. that, to, to somebody who's never ever gonna buy a Honda. You know, and then people say, oh, well, I'll just, I'll hit them digitally. Well, you hit them seven times digitally and it's 14 cents, but you, you know, you do 14 cents thousands of times. It's it, you, it adds You could have still done it. So, you know, you don't market to to all your customers the, the same way with, with a single one-size-fits-all message. No, no, you don't. And now we kind of go into, and I like that's a good segue, kind of into um, uh, ad spend waste. Yep. Right? Like, there is a ton of oh, that going on. Massive. So, you know, when I hear dealers use the excuse, well, well isn't it expensive to work with a company like M1? <laughs> I said, yeah, but do you know how much you're wasting yeah. right now? Like, I, I'm sure you probably have some stats on this. Like, what, what, what is some ad spend waste that's going on right now? So, I, one of the the largest ad spend wastes, believe it or not, is actually a dealer's first party data. Okay. Um, we do a ton of you know what we call data hygiene uh, to dealer DMS files and dealer CRM files, but the average dealer DMS file has a 38% no longer owns in their DMS. Wow. So 38%? 38% is the average that will wash out of a dealer's DMS just in no longer owns vehicle. And is, and is that just because we're just not updating the DMS correctly or? Well, they're, they're, just a they're lot of reasons, I mean. Most of them are just defectors. Oh yeah, that's it. Um, and the, the dealer just hasn't updated their database BDC's not staying properly in touch to know if they own any longer. Um, you know, it, it's a plethora of things. They move. Uh, another big one is uh, move out of market. Oh, you know, yeah, no longer live so. in their PMA. 
um, is another huge one. I mean, we, I would say that probably on average, 45 to 48% total washout on a dealer DMS file on a fresh hygiene. No kidding. Wow. And that's a, and but but the, no, that, it does make sense. And I've actually seen this, I mean, I just recently saw this like in action. I was uh, uh, visiting a friend of mine. He's not a client, he's just a friend, but we just always stayed, you know, just good friends. And I went in there to have a coffee with him and there was a stack of these red envelopes that were like, <laughs> it was it was like this high, there was like a big rubber band yep, wrapped around them. I was like, what? What's those? And he's like, ah, oh, it's from our last private sale. I was like, holy crap, that's a lot. He goes, yep. really? That's that's actually pretty normal. I'm like, normal? <laughs> Wait a second. But now you, you take that stack and you buy a dollar seventy for every one of those envelopes, and everybody's like, oh, it's a dollar seventy. Well, yeah, okay, it is a dollar seventy, but a dollar seventy on a thousand returns, yeah, seventeen hundred bucks. Man, that, that adds up quick, and the, the running events every month. I'm like, I'm just doing the math quickly in my head. I'm like. Whoa, hold on a second. <laughs> can we talk about this? I know you're not my client, but can we talk about this for a second? Like, <laughs> No, it's, uh, it, it's it, data hygiene is probably one of the most overlooked things in, in, in any industry, not even yeah. just automotive. Yeah. Um, you know, but obviously here we're talking about automotive today. So, um, da data hygiene is probably one of the first things, um, that a dealership could do, mm -hmm. um, and you know with dealer hygiene you can do data enhancement you can you know understand your audience better understand your pma better yeah um and it, it's really not that expensive i mean no. average uh data hygiene cost is about 525 bucks through and through um that stack alone i saw in his office was probably worth more than that oh yeah like right there yeah see i, I don't think dealers even know that like it just I love it. I'm glad that we're doing this conversation. <laughs> I get passionate because I'm just like, come on, guys, for this kind of cost, like, get serious about your data. I mean, look, yep. there's, there are agencies that care, and then there's a lot of agencies that frankly don't. And it's like, they will take your data and they'll just use it. And Well, because a lot of them make money on a cost per thousand basis. So yes. they're making money on those 1,700 <laughs> returns. <laughs> well, and that's just the savings. And we're just talking about one little space. We're talking oh, yeah. about print, right? Yeah. When we start talking about the savings in like digital, yep, right. I, I mean, I I review so many different dealerships, you know, ad efforts, and it is just wide and broad and low frequency. And but hey, you know, my agency said I got 1.8 million impressions. Okay, <laughs> like so for people out there that may be in charge of their digital marketing at their dealership or working with an agency. All right, uh, what are some of the best uh, data practices for that? Um, I, I think it varies um, from a geography standpoint. Okay. Um, obviously, you're not gonna treat a dealership in an urban area the same way you are in a rural suburban area. Um, from a digital perspective, you know, the PMAs are obviously gonna be a lot different. Uh, rural, you're gonna have a much wider uh, PMA. Um, urban you're gonna have a much tighter pma so I, I think that really varies um but uh, again it, it all comes down to whatever your market penetration is really um and what your goals are to either expand that market penetration um you know or you know building brand awareness you know how old's the dealership you know 
how many people in the area know, mm-hmm. um, understanding one, one of the big things that uh, we're getting into now with uh, digital billboards um, is understanding, you know, most often traveled routes for households to understand whether or not they're driving past the digital billboard. Yes. Um, and another matter of fact, now that I say that another massively overlooked, uh, piece in data is dealers are very centric and say, you know, this is my PMA, this is all I can market to. But what they overlook is how many people live outside of their PMA, but work in their PMA. Oh, they yeah. spend more hours in their PMA, even though they don't live in the PMA. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't they don't market to them, but it's because they don't one think the, they can. Well, they don't think that they can, but one of the biggest things they miss out on is it's easier. Not only is it easier for that person to buy from you, they spend yes. more spend more hours in your PMA, but it also makes it a lot easier for you to pitch them service. Oh, hundred percent. So they can drop off their car on the way to work in the morning. Yeah. You have a taxi, sir. You know, a shuttle service or a rental rental program. You get them in a rental. They go to work. They get done work. They come back. They pick up. They pick you up. And uh, people they, that they work get in the vehicle. area are the best because they have time. But it, it's probably right. one of the most overlooked areas um, in a marketing strategy for well, a dealership. That's because a lot of dealers are still under the impression that they have to market to a postal code. I know. I yep. still there are still a lot of dealerships that don't know that we can market. Directly yep, to this directly bad to boy a mobile right device. Here. So let's talk a little bit about that because I think everyone understands uh, how to market to a postal code, right? Yep. I go in, I can carve out my area, I make my circle, or I can input my postal codes, and and then I'm, and then I'm good to go. But to your point, we can market to that device. Yeah. So we do a ton of mobile location data. We process about twenty-two to twenty-three billion records a day. Jeez. Um, we monitor every car dealership across America, every independent repair facility, every hotel, motel, every quick serve restaurant, every coffee shop. Uh, we monitor 8.2 million businesses or points of interest a day. Wow. Um, across 22 to 23 billion geolocation movement records. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember last time we were recently talking. Uh, we were geeking out a little bit because you, you just bought yourself some new servers. Yep. You know, some people buy a car like this, <laughs> but not this man right here. All right, he doesn't buy this car. He goes and buys servers. Yes. Probably more than the car. Um. <laughs> I, I, well, based on what I pay for servers, I could buy Lamborghinis or Ferraris. <laughs> um, so with the location data, we're, we're able to understand a lot of pattern behavior, real life pattern behavior. Yes. Um, you know, that's, Online intent data is great. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Um, but there's also a lot of, you know, window shopping, if you will. Of course. Um, with online intent data. And you see it more in um, like watercraft and recreational vehicle. Uh, a lot of, you know, window shopping. You know, oh, guys I, that want to buy a boat, but the wife will never let them. I spent two um, years shopping for a boat. Yeah, it wasn't ninety days. It was oh no, uh, two years. I was like, yeah, maybe this. I'll wait till next or, season, and then. Uh, you know. Or not only that, it's you're out to dinner with a couple of buddies, and yeah. somebody asks a question. You, you Google search something. You don't have that intent. It's a really good point. But you're gonna you're gonna get cookied, okay, yeah. um, 
and somebody's gonna spend money to just constantly remarket you for the next 30 to 60 days on something you were searching for a buddy for. Uh, yes, exactly. So that's the good thing with the location data is physical repetitive behavior. Mm -hmm. If you go to Starbucks four times a week. Okay? I understand that. I know you're a Starbucks guy. Yes. I'm not going to market you for Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> it's just you're, you're brand loyal. Okay? Now, real so, quick, for anybody out there that's watching and listening, when we say you, <laughs> we're not... I'll wait till that passes. But we're not, we're not playing you as an individual. Correct. I, I know there are some dealers that get freaked out a little bit about yep, this. Correct. Right? Right? With these, we're talking about the device. These devices have a, an ID, and correct. that's how we identify those. It's not Jason Harris. It's whatever my ID number is on my device. Correct. <laughs> and, and that's another big, you know, misconception. Um, so we're, um, we're at mobile app direct, uh, yeah. with our location data, uh, predicated off of, uh, our lightweight, uh, location SDK. So there's, you know, one, of, I, I already know somebody's going to say it in the comments where, wherever <laughs> you post this, you're going to be like, Oh, Apple iOS 15, blah, 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 blah. Well, we can talk about that too. So <laughs> one of the good things, and again, another shameless plug while we're better than everybody else, is because we're app direct, we're not nearly as dependent specifically on a mobile app ID. Yeah, um, because so let's, we're, let's a we have a subscriber yes. ID. Yes, and that's, and that's huge. That makes it, so um, I'm gonna use the Canadians real quick as an example, because I know I got yep. a lot of Canadians out there, all right. Um, uh, something along the lines of like 88% of Canadians have subscribed to the Weather Network app because yep. in Canada, we love to just always know what's going on. You just want to know how much snow we you're going to get. want to know how much snow it is. <laughs> we're, we're always just, just praying for a nice warm day. Um, so we're always checking it. So that, that's what when, we, when we're saying app data, yep. that, that's just one example of Correct. Uh, hundreds of thousands of examples, I'm sure. Yep. What are, what, actually, I'm actually curious. What is some of the biggest apps that you're able to collect data from? Uh, we do do a lot of weather, do a lot of news, a lot of gas apps. Gas? Yep. Okay. Um, gas apps are huge. A lot of people want to know, hey, where's the best, best price prices. for gas? Yeah, that makes sense, especially right um, now. A lot of online dating. I'm a little ashamed to, <laughs> to admit that one. But, but it, <laughs> it makes sense, you know. Um, that, that's where we're able to collect that data. So, yeah, um, so when we start combining data, this is where it starts getting yep, really cool. So a, lo a lot of games too. Ga oh yeah, games, that totally makes Game, sense. Games 100%. is huge. Um, and we specifically went after games and the reason for that was you go to a car dealership, you're in for service for an oil change, you're gonna be on your phone. You're okay. going to be playing um, your uh, Pokemon you know, Go or whatever. The first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna hit social media, possibly email. Um, and then after you know a few <laughs> scrolls, you're going to go to a game or you're going to go to a news app or, or things of that nature. So we try and specifically target apps where we know that someone is going to you know go after about eight minutes of idle time. Okay, that makes sense. I like that. After eight minutes of idle time, you've checked your email, you've checked your social, and yep. now you're playing your Candy Crush. Correct. That I, I, actually, now since you say it out loud, I'm 
thinking about it because I, I, I like to watch people in service in service lounges, yep. right? And that's like a hundred percent correct. I mean, <laughs> like, I don't even think I probably even do that, right? Like, you know, I'll check my emails and I gotta check my LinkedIn yep. and I'll check my Insta, you know, and then I'll check, you know, maybe our uh, our Asana or our yep. chats or our in between chats, right? And then yeah, I'll probably play a game. It's so funny. <laughs> but it's when we start connecting these dots of data where then things get super interesting. Yes. We we build out some pretty ridiculous uh, behaviors. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about that because I think, we, I think anybody that's watching listening goes, oh, all right, cool. I got device. I got online. I got my in-dealership data. I got, okay, so I got app data. I got location data. If I, if I want to target somebody that I know drinks Starbucks or if I want to target somebody that I know visits a dog park or um, I'm selling minivans and I want to target, you know, uh, somebody that I know has kids in elementary so, school. So, so dog park, kind of automotive related. Yeah. So we do a lot in the recreational vehicle space. And one of the things, um, we have a lead scoring program for um, recreational vehicles. We found out that if a couple owns a dog and yep. they're shopping for an RV, they are three times more likely to buy than a couple that does not own a dog. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, okay, I can so see that. So it's kind of like yeah. one of the, because you said yeah. dog parks, and <laughs> it's just, but, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. You don't know, but I mean, this, but this is the fun part. Yeah, like, that is, is the, the fun, fun part. part. Like, we start, like, putting these dots together. I mean, I remember I was working with um, a, a Subaru on a campaign, and um, Subaru has a whole series of commercials around dogs. Yep. Right? And they wanted to target well, that specifically. They're, they're, they're in outdoors, <laughs> yeah. you know, get out and, you know. Want to target hike campgrounds. And, exactly. And like Absolutely. So give me some kind of uh, examples or some fun examples of when you start connecting the dots and how cool and how cool the outcome can be. So you want an automotive specific? Sure. Because I, I can give you a good one in the yeah, no, travel yeah, hospitality yeah. Any, space. Any example. I think Because I think what we're trying to do is just kind of, is trying to get everyone kind of to understand that when we start connecting the dots, some really cool things can happen. So uh, we do a lot of work um, in the travel destination uh, mm -hmm. resort. And uh, there's one specific resort we do this for in uh, Orlando, um, uh, national um, property as well. Um, but specifically, they like to target the Orlando market. So their entry-level timeshare package is $14,000. Okay. So in their mind, if you're a family of four and you travel to Orlando, spend seven days in Orlando and visit at least two parks, they say that's a ten dollars to $12,000 vacation. So what I, we do I can attest to that 100%. <laughs> at least that amount, at least. Exactly. <laughs> so what we do for them is we monitor the Orlando airport. Okay. Anyone that comes in the Orlando airport that doesn't live in the state of Florida. Any device that's coming in there, yep. Checks into uh, a, a, one of their 12 competing destination hotels. Yep. Visits at least two parks. Okay. They say that that is a, a quote unquote lead for them that they want to market to. Okay. And uh, we daily process that request. And we probably deliver about on average 650 to 700 records a day. A day. Devices when I say devices, records. Yep. Um, for them to market 
their timeshare package too. Yeah. And it is one of their best closing ratio um, leads oh. that are produced. I, makes sense to me. Wow, this road's ripped up. <laughs> it's a little, all this uh, Vegas construction. Yeah, I know. I, we we, we weren't off-roading, cool I promise. Video. Yeah, we, we came down to do this cool video in Vegas because Vegas is so cool looking. And then literally all we've seen this whole time has just been orange cones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they, yeah, they can't see them out, out the back. So that's that's a really cool example. Yeah. I mean, I mean, talk about just and, and and talk about how much how much ad spend would have been wasted. Yep. Because I mean, think about the, just the hundreds of thousands, or millions of devices that are coming into that literally airport. millions. I mean, literally millions that are coming into that airport, but don't fall into these other dots of data, and you're able to trickle down and say, "Yep, that's my audience." And and I think that's actually how dealers should you know, approach companies like yours Yep, is come in and say like, I have this audience. Yep. Like I want to target this audience and then kind of let you guys be in the data experts. You are say, okay, look, we're going to think about this. We're going to chew on it a little bit. And then we're going to kind of come back to you with some data point ideas. I think we're going to be able to nail down just that. Right. Yeah. Like, we're we're going to look for the commonalities in the data. Um, and we're going to essentially deliver that back to you and say, Hey, when, when we look at your customer makeup, here, here's the pattern, here's the commonality. And it, I mean, it really may be, you know, most of your customers own cats. You, you never know what it's gonna be, <laughs> to be honest with you. And I, I've been shocked a hundred times over at some of the things that we have seen in, you know, pattern behavior on a customer file. Yeah. And automotive, like again, outside of automotive, it's, you'd really never know what you're gonna see until you see it. That don't get me wrong. I mean, Subaru customer's gonna look like a Subaru customer. A Jeep customer's gonna look like a Jeep. Yeah, you know, yeah, don't get me wrong. There are some that are very, very specific. Now, a Hyundai Elantra customer, that could look like a lot of things. So, <laughs> you, you know, you talk about Hyundai. Hyundai's, you know, is, is actually a, a kind of weird one only because what you see with Hyundai is a lot of uh, parents buying for their children. Same thing with oh, Honda. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's, a, it's a great first time buyer. Yep, you know, it's a it's a entry level car, extremely reliable, very low maintenance costs. We shoved a lot of tech into it. Yep. It's got a cool factor, yeah. So, um, the, you know, though, you know, so then you start getting into household makeups and yes. you know, age of children. And, but you know, the cool thing is, then we can actually start combining that with some of that online intent that we were talking about. Absolutely, you sprinkle a little bit of that in, and it, it just becomes so cool. Well, and then and then also, but when you start looking at you know historical data, cyclical behaviors, yeah, if if the parental group is outside of their cyclical behavior, you see a late teen in the household, uh-huh. okay, and you kind of start to understand that, well, they're not shopping for themselves. They're shopping for, you know, soon a new driver. Yes. Okay. Um, so having that historical data also on top of that intent data gives you a better idea. That's right. Of it's who not in just the, household. the data now, it's the historical data to combine but, with But it. who in the household? So when we say historical data, just for everyone that's watching and listening, okay. like how far back? So we have from 81 to current. Oh, jeez. So 40 years. Wow. That's insane. Yep. 
<laughs> and we and we bucket it. So and the way that we bucket it is obviously brand loyal. Yep. Um, defectors, cyclical behavior. Um, one of the biggest ones we monitor, we call it climbing the tier. So okay. oh, start yeah, going from st- one, start out at yeah. an entry level, move to and a then, Honda to an Acura, you know, upgrading, a, yeah. you know, climbing to the, the to the luxury market, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. Uh, but you know what? I think uh, for dealers out there watching, listening, you know, when you're, when you're hearing Greg say is that there's just a lot of opportunities for you and the dealership in your marketing department, but it does take a little onus on you, the dealer. Oh, absolutely. Take the time to truly understand the audience that you want to target. Bring those audience to a great company like like Greg's and and let them work that magic. You're going to see the savings in in ad waste in such a huge huge way that you're going to wonder why you didn't do it earlier. It'll pay pay for itself in the first 30 to 60 days, guaranteed. Yes. And and, and obviously, it also depends on how big of a dealership it is, you know, how many units you move a month. But what a lot of your smaller, you know, dealer, your average dealer, you call it 80, 100 units a month type dealer, um, you have a smaller database. So you're not going to pay as much as someone who has a much larger database. 100%. So, um, you know, they need to understand that as well. It, it, when you're doing, you know, data analysis, it's, it's predicated on how much data you're using. It's not just a, a, a one size fits all package. And I think that's another, you know, very misunderstood thing, you know, they think they're gonna get charged the same as a as a large group's gonna get charged, but they don't they don't have the, the same uh, size database or data makeup. Um, you know, so it's much more lightweight, it's much easier to process. Well, and that's what I love about you guys, is that, you know, you're willing to work with the big fish and you're willing to work with the medium and the small size ones too. Absolutely. Right? Like you guys got a solution for everybody, which I think is just absolutely super cool. Hey, uh, Greg, I know we're towards the tail end of our podcast today, but for everybody that's been watching, listening, and, and, and they would like to maybe connect with you or even continue this conversation or some parts of it, what, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Gregory Ash. Uh, email me, gash at m1-data.com. Uh, visit our website, um, take a look, understand our technology stack. Um, We have a bunch of customer service representatives. Uh, Feel free to call into our office. Um, We have a ton of folks that can help you out. Uh, We definitely take the approach that um, free consultation, answer all of your questions, take time, come down, visit our office. If you're in Canada, it's starting to get cold outside. If you live up north, it's starting to get cold outside. Come on down to Florida. Everybody wants to come to Florida. Take awesome. you out for a nice meal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your Jason, time, Jason. Great this to see you. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.